My Mac Podcast number 265. This week, Steve Sandy. This podcast is sponsored by Otherworld Computing. You're listening to the MyMac.com podcast with your host, Tim Robertson. And this is show number 265 of the weekly MyMac.com podcast, podcasting since 2004. I never say that, guy. Well, you should say it more often. Yeah. As a matter of fact, I think you just did. Yeah, I think I just did. You know, I think that, that one time was enough. Yeah. Until the next show. <laughs> so, Guy Searle from Virginia, you're here. Yes, I am. No snow in October there yet. No, and you know what? That's okay. <laughs> David Cohen from the UK, no snow there. No snow, just a bit of wind and rain, but we get that a lot. We have a special guest today. It's Steve Sandy. Hello, Steve. Hello, hello. And you have a lot of snow. Oh, yeah. We uh, started getting it, I think, what is today, Thursday? Yeah, we started getting it Tuesday night, and I think March. there are like, yeah, we started getting it in March. <laughs> <laughs> no, but it's, it's just piling up out there. Yeah, uh, you know, I, I was actually hearing a story about that, and they were saying that it was like an extremely slow-moving system that just would not stop dumping snow on you guys. Yeah, that's, uh, but, you know, this is Colorado. We just kind of expect it. Doesn't mean we have to like it, but yeah. we just kind of expect it. Uh, I don't know what I would do with that much snow. You know, I think last year I had to, and we get quite a bit of snow here in West Michigan, but I think I had to break out my snowblower maybe three, four times last year total for the entire winter. And that's a pretty light winter. And to already in October have almost two feet of snow. Ugh. Yeah. Ugh. Anyways. But, you know, honestly, I prefer the cooler weather than the hot stuff. I hate sweating. I don't mean exercise. I mean, I just don't like to sweat. I was a mail carrier uh, back in the 80s, and it, I hated walking around just drenched in sweat, and the magazines would stick to your arm, and uh, so hot that the dogs wouldn't even bark. They'd go, ugh, woof, go on. <laughs> just keep walking, pal. I'm too hot. Can't be bothered. <laughs> you know, you didn't have to mace them. You had, you had to throw water at them, and that would calm them down. But, Thank you. Thank you. But I don't like the the bitterly cold. But I don't, I I can deal with that better than I can the scorching heat. I hate the heat. So this is a Mac show. Obviously, you must be a Mac user, Steve. Uh, I am. <laughs> oh yeah, you yeah, must that's be. Right. I, I guess that's what these uh, two computers are that are sitting right in front of me. Right. It, it's just been a little while too, right? Uh, yeah, but, like twenty five years. Oh, yeah, that's okay. all? So, You're still so, like a newbie. A newbie. A newbie. <laughs> yeah, just, just started using these things, and, uh, you know, this bounce is real hard to figure out. But, uh, yeah, I've been uh, been kind of hanging around with these things for a long time, uh, supported a bunch of them. I'm a Mac consultant and, uh, you know, one of those ACN types. And uh, let's see. I you know, some of our listeners might not know what that is. And oh, ACN? I, yeah, it's a, it's an invaluable service that's simply fantastic. But, you know, why don't you explain to our listeners out there what it is and how you got involved in it? Oh, it's the Apple Consultants Network. And uh, what we are is a group of certified uh, Apple or Mac consultants. Uh, you have to go through certification exams. In fact, we've got a bunch of people who are uh, panicking right now in our local area because they didn't get their uh, leopard uh, updates 
and uh, which means they're only certified to 10.4, and now they have to certify to 10.6. And there's all sorts of screaming, crying, and whining going on, but and hopefully none of them will hear this uh, comment. But <laughs> it's a it really is a great program. Um, we work very very closely with the Apple retail stores. Uh, we uh, have a kind of a national organization. We've got a, a good set of uh, technical people who just are constantly uh, pinging, pinging each other on uh, our mailing list. So it, it's great. It's good stuff. Now, is this and, a paying gig? I mean, if somebody out there listening to this is just a huge Mac head and this is something that they would be interested in doing, could they expect to be paid for something like this? Absolutely, yeah. And uh, what they would need to do is go out to consultants.apple.com, which is the ACN website, and uh, there's some information on there about how to get your certification, how to apply uh, for the program. Uh, It does cost. It is not free. Uh, It uh, does have its benefits, and I really won't describe those, but uh, it does have its benefits, and... uh, you know, for those who really, really want to get into uh, doing Mac consulting uh, for a living, it's a great organization to belong to. So you also do some writing. In fact, that's where uh, I first got to know you at, and uh, one of my favorite websites. Oh, uh, yeah. I'm over on the uh, unofficial Apple weblog, and uh, as as I sit here, I'm reading hate mail. I uh, wrote a little uh, blurb about the Apple TV 3.0 update today, and it was really more of kind of a personal venting about how the Apple TV user interface still sucks. And uh, so as a result, I've now gotten, let's see, 46 uh, little hate mails <laughs> in about the last hour. So I'm, in, I'm enjoying reading those. You know, well, just... what, what, what's the basis of that? Because I read through your post uh, and... Uh... You know, just before we started recording, I, uh, I actually fired that update up, and I agree completely with you. They've changed the front screen, and it's it's a marginal improvement, but it wasn't like, to me, it, it didn't kind of strike me as a 3.0 update in terms of there didn't seem to be an awful lot else behind it. And I thought your assessment was fairly fair. So what are, what are people concerned about? Oh, they thought I was whining, which I was, but uh, <laughs> you know, I had some uh, other comments in there about, well, gee, Steve, uh, you know, if you learn how to use your Apple TV, well, part of the point, and I think, you know, obviously you saw it uh, in the, the post, but, you know, part of my point is uh, the user interface is not there, the uh, the content still, as far as I'm concerned, is lacking. You can't go out and rent Netflix uh uh, you know, uh, content over that. You can't go out and get Amazon content. You can't do a lot of these things that you can do uh, with other devices or hacked uh, Apple TVs. But uh, I don't know. I was just griping about it. And, uh, you know, I don't know. I just, I I think all of you will probably agree because I'm, I'm sure everybody uh, does uh, their own uh, uh, heavy blogging there. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, you know, you Every once in a while, only yeah, since ninety-five. <laughs> yeah, only since ninety-five. I love that. But yeah, every once in a while, yeah, throw something out there and you just get nailed. Well, you know, and, the thing about Mac users are they're very passionate. Yeah, and I mean, you if you could if you would have wrote exactly the same thing, using the same verbiage, on say the Roku, 
uh, you, you, you'd have probably got maybe one email tops. <laughs> it, it's just, I think it's, it's one of those things that as a Mac writer, you just kind of learn to live with that. You're going to have people that are going to disagree. And for whatever reason, Mac users are very, very vocal. Yes, they are. Well, and, you know, I have to admit, though, you know, it's uh, equally as great on the other side. And, in fact, I think probably in the last 24 hours I had a post that everybody just loved. And, you know, you get these, oh, well, you're the best emails. thing ever. You know, I'm going to read everything you ever wrote, and, and I'm going to send you a puppy. You know, <laughs> <It's> <laughs> like, you're, you're the best. And then the next day it's like, you know, I want to kill you. You're horrible. You know, you're the worst writer I've ever read. So it's it's a lot of fun. I, I die, enjoy Steve. seeing die. Yeah, die, Steve. <laughs> you know, I think the Apple TV user interface has gotten progressively worse since they released the product. Uh, I still think that the very first one was the best. It was the easiest to navigate. It made sense. And I think they, and the same thing with iTunes. In fact, the last big major update to iTunes, uh, when you go into, you know, the Apple store itself, is just so cluttered, so you can't find anything. It's so hard to navigate and, and look at stuff, and I hate it now. I hate iTunes. The, the Apple TV 3, 3.0 at least makes full use of the screen, which it didn't do before, which was always kind of kind of silly, you know, is, is that everything was kind of clustered in the middle of your large, you know, you most of us have large uh, high-def screens, and it was all crammed in the middle. This kind of fixes that... Um, it doesn't do an awful lot else apart from adding support for uh, iTunes LP and and some HD content. Um, so, so that's fine. I, I've not seen the new iTunes. Um, I, I believe nine point zero point two has got some changes to the way the store looks. So I'll see whether that's any better or not. I haven't upgraded either one myself yet. But uh, for instance, in your post, Steve, that you say that you don't use your Apple TV all that often. I use mine all the time. And probably not even a quarter of the movies and the TV shows that I have in my iTunes is actually on my Apple TV, so I stream a lot of stuff. I love Apple TV, but the problem is when you have as many movies as I do, and I want to watch something, say, like, I don't know, X-Men that's at the bottom, it takes forever for the Apple TV to (laughs) scroll that far down. It's like, oh, and then occasionally as it's scrolling down, it'll just kind of stop on one. Oh, look at this. You have the movie The Guardian. Okay, let's keep going now. (laughs) Why did you do that? Um, I love the Apple TV, but do you think Apple really still looks at it as a hobby? Do you think this thing has long life? Or, I mean, they just updated the software, so obviously they're doing something with it. Yeah, I just, I don't know. You know, it's always one of those products that I've looked at and I've said, you know, come on, guys, either update the hardware or, you know, maybe come out with a you know, a device that actually, I, I don't know, maybe maybe an Apple TV that you can hook up to uh, a new iMac or something. I don't know. Anyway, uh, just it, it just doesn't seem like it's fully thought out or, you know, maybe the group is underfunded. I don't know. But, you know, you look at uh, the rest of the line, the Macs, you look at iPhones, you look at uh, iPods, everything is, is well thought out, it's well marketed. And uh, it's almost like they're ashamed of Apple TV. Uh, I, you just don't see all that much coming out of Apple about it. You know, it, it, it's kind of hiding on the on the website too. Yeah, it is. I think, I, I think I think you're right, Steve, to make comparisons to you know the other solutions that are on the market now. Um, for for a long while, I thought Apple TV. 
as limited as it was, was one of the better streaming boxes and, and, you know, content ways of getting content onto your TV around. But certainly, you know, the stuff Roku's been doing and even Microsoft with, with what they're doing with the latest version of the Xbox is kind of leaving it behind. And, and I think if Apple can't bring some of those services like Hulu or Netflix or, you know, over here in the UK, BBC iPlayer to the Apple TV, it, it is going to run the risk of looking like a uh, one-trick pony. And, also, uh, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Much as I love it, because I do love it, and I, uh, we use ours all the time. It needs so many... Number one, even my PS3 now has Netflix. And yet, Apple doesn't have Netflix on anything yet. I think that's just ridiculous. Either well, they need you know, to buy Netflix outright, or they need to start partnering up with them. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, I, I think it all uh, boils down to what Apple's so good at, which is saying, you know, we want to be the content providers. And they've been really good about that with iTunes. They've got this huge library out there. People love to uh, use iTunes to download uh you know, music. They love it for uh, apps now. <laughs> you know, the app store is just phenomenal. And I think it really bothers them that they don't own Netflix. They don't own Hulu. Uh, but I agree with you 100%. They need to get out there and start making these partnerships. Uh, get together with those those folks. Uh, you know, somehow, some way, it can uh, be a benefit to all the companies that are out there, not just Apple. You know, they have enough Apple to, that is, has enough cash cash to buy dell computer at this point they could buy dell for cash <laughs> please no <laughs> yeah, yeah but 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 my question is if they have that much cash why don't they just pick up a company like netflix i mean with netflix if apple owned netflix all of a sudden apple is now on the xbox 360 they're on the roku they're on the ps3 they're in the sending physical discs out they have a built-in relationship with all these movie studios that they're not all working with Apple, and they're not happy with Apple, it seems. Do you think that would make a good fit for Apple, or just totally different business? Hmm. <laughs> well, you know, I think what they'd end up doing is probably uh, dropping the uh, the mail rental service and most likely just saying, hey, we're going to... Uh, you know, use the infrastructure that you guys have built over the years to actually stream this stuff to, like I said, the PS3s. Uh, well, I don't know. Is it on PS3? Yep. This shows you how much. Yeah. I Just yeah, recently can, came out. Ah, but, you know, Xbox Live or whatever the heck, or Xbox 360. Uh, it's just, I don't know. It just surprises me that they're they're not doing something like that. But who knows? Maybe we can start a rumor. I've been trying to start rumors for Apple <laughs> stuff for a long time, and I, I always fail, guy. Yeah, it <laughs> just doesn't do? work, does it? <laughs> well, actually, I just don't put a lot of effort into it, and I usually do it on the podcast where people that listen to me know I'm being snarky, so it doesn't really work. <laughs> How long have you been with uh, the unofficial Apple weblog? Uh, actually, only about, uh, it's been about probably 19 months, somewhere around there, 19, 20 months. Uh, before that, I ran... Uh, Let's see. I'm trying to think. It was about three or four different uh, websites. You know, did uh, kind of blogging before it was called blogging. And even before that, between about 1986 and 1993, I think it was, I ran a bulletin board system. BBS, what did you use? First class or? 
I used first class yeah. at one point. Uh, I like I first, class. first class. Oh, it was yeah. great, wasn't it? I, you know, and now we're probably talking over ninety percent of the heads of the people listening that doesn't know what we're talking about, but or that but, are on the show. Or, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but the first class BBS software from both a user experience and an administrative access was just fabulous. I mean, you could really do a lot with it. Yeah, I wish I could remember all the different, you know, because I ended up using, uh, I'd say, over the life of the uh, bulletin board, probably three or four different packages. Uh, but I remember, uh, God, what was, well, maybe I don't remember it, but what was the name of the uh, setup towards the uh, time that the Internet was actually starting to, to come online? Uh, with the uh, green text? Uh, no, I... I uh, well, basically, you could take a lot of these, uh, the bulletin board systems, and kind of connect them via dial, oh, of course. I know what you're talking about. I cannot uh, think of the name of it now. Um, well, yeah, something with an F in it. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sure, I'm sure it did. Well, here, here, this, this, is a, this is a good way to, to find out if you're a really hardcore, long-time Mac user or not. Uh, I know, David, you're not because, relatively speaking, you're still new to the Mac. Yep. Um, and I know, Guy, you've been around for a long time. Now, I yeah, bet since '87. Okay, well, we'll we'll test you now. Oh, uh, I, I think Steve will get this, but I, I we'll see what you how you do, Guy. All right. What was Z term? Uh, that was a uh, that was a, a terminal I- emulation program, wasn't it? Yeah, that you could use to <laughs> dial into bulletin board system. <laughs> the, the only reason I really remember it is because I was just looking at someone's old old Mac. And I saw that icon in their launcher of all places, oh and I went, "Oh, Z term, God! Yeah, I bet you couldn't I even reach anybody." I actually never used it, but I, I knew about it. I there was it. a there was a Mac BBS in Chicago that, and I know you running BBSs back in the day as well, Steve. And I probably logged into yours once or twice because I was all over the place. I had and I and I had a long distance bill to prove it. Um, <laughs> uh, but there was one in Chicago. We that just had everything. I mean, they had every e-zine you could imagine, uh, print drivers. I mean, if it was software that you could legally download, they had it. And, and then uh, some. And then some. And it, it was fantastic. I loved it. But, you know, Z-Term was the program that you used to get on a lot of these. Not first-class BBSs, obviously, but, yeah, you know. I've got an email about, I don't know, the last time we talked about first-class BBS, maybe two years ago, Someone sent me an email saying, "Hey, I'm I'm still running a a, a Mac BBS in first class," and he sent oh, me login God. information, and I logged in. I was like, "Wow, this is cool." Okay, I'm done. <laughs> <laughs> the one thing I can remember about the first class software was, of course, you had to somehow get the uh, the software to people so that they could, you know, make a little disk and yep. they could uh, actually use this to uh, dial up your system and have that kind of finder-like uh, user interface. It was actually pretty cool. But uh, uh, what I ended up doing was forging this kind of like partnership with one of the uh, local Mac user groups uh, that's still around, by the way. But uh, And I think it's still the same members showing up at the meetings. But you know, Where was it? Little, uh, it was a group called Macintech. Macon, that sounds familiar. Where where were they based out of? Uh, it's uh, kind of the tech center area of uh, Denver, which is Englewood, Centennial. Oh, okay. Where Centennial wasn't around back then, they kind of formed that city, I don't know, five years ago or something like that. But anyway, <laughs> so much for, you know, talking about uh, cities, but eh, 
Anyway. Yeah. How do you how do you think that? Uh, I mean, obviously, uh, you know, you're you're on one of the one of the biggest blogging sites around, and uh, you've got you've got a very large audience on that. How do you think the community responds and and kind of has changed compared to how it used to be on the bulletin boards? Actually, really hasn't changed that much, and I, I bet Tim can uh, uh, kind of agree with that. Oh, yeah. I think it's just you've got a larger audience. You know, it used to be very regional. Uh, you would get, you know, mostly people calling in from the the local area, uh, simply because it was a you know non toll uh, phone call. Uh, but you would get the occasional long-distance phone call. Somebody would get onto the board, hunt around your site, see what was happening. Uh, you know, it's just the community is a lot larger. Uh, you know, basically you'll get, you know, we get tips from, <laughs> I mean, it amazes me where we get tips from now. But, uh, you know, the difference is, I would say, is that back in the BBS and the first class days and even eWorld, uh, the vast majority of the people that were using those services were pretty hardcore geeks because yeah. back then it, it took some technical knowledge to, to, to number get, one, to hook to up your working. modem and yeah. finding who to call, where to call, and in, using a program like Z-Term. I mean, it, it wasn't an easy thing to do, so it took some technical know-how, and less so than with, say, eWorld, but still. And so yeah. the the people that you were contacting or, or talking with were usually pretty technical. And I think that the the culture back then, plus you got to remember Apple was a very beleaguered company back then. Um, so we were told. I think people were generally nicer and they were generally out there to help other users and get help themselves. Whereas nowadays it's it's nothing to get online and it's nothing to post a comment. So I think that you're getting a lot of non-technical people that think they know a lot more than what they do. Yeah. <laughs> and they want to argue with those who know a lot more than they do. I don't mean that in a condescending way. I'm just saying that's kind of the way it is now. If if everybody has a voice, yeah, I think it loses a little bit of that community spirit that we had back in the day. Yeah, you know, you've got a great point there because uh, the bulletin board was all about... Hey, you know, I've just uh, bought this uh, Mac, and I'm trying to print to an original ImageWriter One printer, and uh, for some reason it doesn't seem to be working. Could you help me out? And people would come up with, you know, here's a new or a different driver, or you may want to try this, or, you know, are you sure the ImageWriter uh, still works? <laughs> you know, whatever yes. it was, they were so so helpful. And I think yeah. uh, with especially with most of the the news uh, newsy type sites like Tua and and well you know you you look at a lot of them out there. Uh, it's more uh, somebody will see something and it either strikes their interest and they say oh yeah cool in the comments or they turn around and like this last post on the Apple TV they blast you. Yeah. And there, it's just too easy for people to uh, leave feedback when. Yeah. Or, you, you know, sometimes they'll even use their name. And, you know, it's like, thank you for cussing me out, Jim. You know, Jim Smith from... <laughs> it, it, Smithville. It's very impersonal yeah. now. And and in some respects, I kind of miss the way it used to be. But yeah. I'm a little bit spoiled because I've been doing my Mac since 95. And the podcast since 2004. And so I kind of know who our audience is. I mean, you really have yeah. to go out of your way... To, to subscribe to a Mac podcast. And I yes. don't think the casual 
Mac user is doing that yet. I don't know if they ever will, to be honest. Um, so the people that are listening to this show are generally, usually, uh, pretty passionate about it, but in a good way. And I think that, well, Guy and David, you guys see the feedback that I forward to you guys that we get on the show. You know, other than when I got, you know, I'm going to kill you email from way back in the early days. We won't get into that. (laughs) Literally. I'm not joking, Steve. Um, (laughs) um, it's, it's always generally been pretty positive. I mean, if we make a mistake, people let us know. But usually yeah. it's people have a problem that they want help with or someone who wants to agree or disagree. And if they disagree, it's usually very congenial. Absolutely. They're, they're, most of the stuff we get is fairly constructive, even if uh, people think we're, we're doing something that, that, that maybe they don't completely agree with. And I don't think anybody has a problem with that. It's just it is frustrating, you know, looking at the help side when you see somebody post a question in a forum and then you get three three posts immediately after saying, oh, what a dumb question, you noob. Yeah. And it's yeah. like, well, yeah. How is, how is that helping? Obviously, if, if if people knew what the answer to the question was, they wouldn't post it in the first place. We've got a, uh, a video that Sam Levin posted on uh, YouTube under the, our, our MyMac videos up there. And this was from, like, I don't know, a couple of years ago. And it was a painted MacBook Pro. It was painted black, professionally done. And I ended up going back in there and just deleting some of the comments because some of them were just like, why did you buy a Mac? They suck. You you know what? (sighs) That's stop. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) You know, and I've seen those kind of comments on um, unofficial Apple weblog as well that, you know, why would you take the time to post that? Why would you go to a Mac site to to just say something? That's why I don't go to dig anymore. I dig. I think number one, dig is losing their popularity big time. Uh, And number two, just the comments are just completely worthless on Dig. Well, I had to laugh. We had a post the other day about, uh, I don't know. Oh, I, I think I, I remember it was uh, Walt uh, Mossberg making his comment in his uh, fall buying guide about, you know, hey, Apple really still has the edge in terms of the, the included software and the operating system is fast and responsive, yada, yada. So, you know, we were just kind of passing along the news. Hey, go take a look at uh you know, Walt's wonderful buying guide over here. You used and, the puppet uh, picture on that one, didn't you? Yes, I did. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I love the Walt puppet, by the way. That's so uh, the brilliant. Guy, the guy who does that, or, you know, the group who does that, phenomenal. Oh, he's oh, he's so good. I like the the one where the, the puppet from the future comes back in time. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's great. That's classic. Oh. But, uh, yeah, you know, sure enough, here we had a bunch of uh, comments from people going, you know, I can't believe you, you know, would actually go on and on about, uh, you know, Max that way. And uh, I actually responded to one uh, commenter offline and said, Hey, dude, you know, this is an Apple website. <laughs> it's called the unofficial Apple weblog. It's not called the unofficial Windows weblog. But uh, yeah, I don't know. I, I, I think, you know, also, one of the things that we've been doing, and I think this is probably unique in podcasting, um, I, I don't listen to a lot of other podcasts that's like this uh, because I talk about Macs and I write about Macs all the time and I don't want to listen to just a whole bunch of Mac stuff. Um, so the podcast that I subscribe to, there's a couple other Mac ones that I listen to, but usually it's not Mac related. But one of the things that we're doing now, Steve, is called the listener invite, where the people who actually listen to the show come on the show now. Sweet. And it, man, I tell you what, it, it's really fostering the sense of community. It, it really, I think the, the feedback so far has been all positive on it. 
we get to meet so many different people that are Mac users from all over the world. And it's just great to talk to everyday Mac users. And it gives them the opportunity to talk to other people. Because I'm, let's be honest, how many times have you been a Mac user somewhere and you're the only Mac user? There's no one else out there to talk about this passion that you have because they're just all PC day. users every day. Yeah. So this gives them an opportunity to talk Macs with somebody. And it's just been fantastic. And I wish that was more the norm, not in podcasting, but, you know, online in general, that you would just get this fostering of a community and, hey, we're all here to help each other. And there's a lot of that, but there needs to be more of it, I think. Yeah, instead of throwing rocks at each other, and I'm, I'm going to put in a, a quick plug here. Uh, every Sunday night uh, over at Tua, we have this our uh, podcast that's called the Tua Talkcast, and we use a similar type of format where uh, uh, people can not only chat online, but if they happen to be uh, called in uh, to the Talkcast, uh, we'll actually bring them on and get some uh, user comments. That's so fun. That's, and have the, yeah, it's great to have the conversations. Uh, we've actually had some uh, great relationships that have built up as well, some uh, callers who get on there every week and we know that they're just absolutely sharp in terms of their uh, insights into a lot of new products and programs that have come out so uh, a lot of those folks will you know say how's hawaii this week dr rock you know? <laughs> yeah that, you know i i love the community that's and it's built itself around the mac community uh around the mac computers and the iphone now of course but Apple's done very little over the years to help foster that. Um, yeah. In fact, they've kind of done just the opposite. And that's fine if that's, you know, they're, they're a big company. And if I had a big company, I don't know if I'd want these fanatics out there kind of speaking for me as well. But, you know, it's there. It's going to you, – you don't see stuff like this for Dell computers or HP. You just don't see it. Yeah. So – Nobody yeah. cares. No. Yeah, there you go. So what is Raven <laughs> Solutions LLC, Steve? Oh my God! He's looking into my past here. Uh, no, anyway, that's no, that's actually my present. present. <laughs> uh, that is my uh, my little consulting firm. I do a lot of consulting with uh, I hate to say it, uh, home users, but uh, also quite a few of small to medium sized businesses. And uh, actually, uh, finding that my uh, you know kind of feelings a few years ago that the Mac Mini was a great server. Have been uh, actually justified. Yeah, you can buy I one for a thousand bucks with Mac OS server right on it. Yeah, that's just absolutely great. So anyway, that's uh, uh, the consulting part of the biz, and I've got a couple other little sideline businesses that have uh, kind of flowed out of that. But uh, that is Raven Solutions, and that's what you do mainly. That's what I do mainly. Uh, Doing a lot of blogging, of course, on Tua, and occasionally I'll uh, write a book for uh, the dear folks over at Tidbits, uh, Take Control Books over there. I have a, uh, actually one out right now that's selling really still pretty well, and that's uh, Take Control of iWeb09. You know, Tana, Tanya and uh, Adam's done a fantastic with the Take Control books. I mean, it's really, really taken off, and I'm really happy about that, too. Do you think that the, the future of publishing is digital? I think it's got to be, and especially when you start looking at the, the number of people who have either purchased or are, you know, talking about getting uh, either a Kindle or one of the new uh, Barnes & Noble Nook uh, devices, you know, the the fabled iTablet, whatever it happens to be, the Slate. 
you know, a lot of talk about that being a, a book reader type device. And I think, uh, you know, there's there's been this core of people out there uh, who have, you know, since the, the first Palms came out and somebody came up with the idea of a book reader, uh, there is a, a core of people who have used handheld devices to be able to go out and read text. And now you're just seeing a lot more of that with the... Uh, uh, Kindle application for for iPhone. Uh, they did a Nook <laughs> yeah. reader now for uh, iPhone. Um, you know, I just think that's the direction everybody's going. You know, between that and seeing all these uh, magazines going down the tubes now, and uh, newspapers like our very own Rocky Mountain News here in the Denver area uh, going under. Uh, the future is just it's got to be electronic. I think so, and. Yeah, I feel sorry for some of the newspapers that are out there, and I actually just, uh, I cannot think of the name of the book, and I, I just read a book on this, and it's all about what it's really going to mean for the news industry when more and more of these newspapers go away, because the newspapers are still the only ones out there doing the hardcore journalism. TV yeah. news does not do hardcore journalism. I mean, occasionally you'll see that they'll break a story. But almost all the stories that they have came originally from a newspaper. And I, I do worry that, let's be honest, the Apple weblog and you know those kind of sites, they don't have the budget for deep investigative journalists. And, well, exactly. that one's a, a blog anyways, but you know what I mean. So where are we going to get this hardcore news, which is very, very needed in this society? Well, I... You know, you're starting to see uh, some, I, I will say, kind of former uh, print journalists that are, are starting to move strictly over to the, the electronic side. Now, in Denver, like I said, we had this wonderful, wonderful group of uh, writers that was over at the Rocky Mountain News. And the Denver Post picked up some of those folks. Uh, you know, they kind of moved over there. But uh, a large group of those folks got together and said, hey, let's form a, you know, kind of an online newspaper. They tried to uh, initially use a, a subscription type uh, never setup. Works. You know, it never worked. Yeah, someone it, should tell absolutely. that to, to Murdoch. Yeah, you know, it's like, <laughs> hello, I can get it for free anywhere else. Yep. But, uh, you know, they still have a, a group of local journalists, you know, totally professional journalists who are out there. Uh, they do. Uh, they've got this site called indenvertimes.com. Uh, they've got a wonderful iPhone app uh, that works with the site, and uh, it's kind of sad to see that they've uh, kind of gone to the point now that they're just uh, trying to keep it going with donations. Yeah, it and it never happen. works. No, it never works that way. And it doesn't. It seems like you know that you would think that every Denver business around would want to both support yeah. it and advertise on it, but. Just I don't know. It's it's just a really weird ecosystem that we live in nowadays. That as readers we expect it to be free, and let's be honest, I don't want to pay to access the New York Times or anything else. But don't you think that we should be paying for this somehow? And donations obviously doesn't work. That that's a foregone conclusion. But there should be some kind of a method that we have to pay for our content. Yeah, you know I. I remember uh, back when PayPal uh, first got started, the big idea there was that you were going to be able to make micropayments. You know, they always talked about micropayments. You know, be able to pay somebody, uh, you know, 10 cents uh, for uh, maybe a, a daily uh, 
uh, subscription to something. And that kind of fell by the wayside, I think, because so many of the uh, content providers out there noticed that, hey, out of that $0.10, PayPal is taking um, maybe like four. Yeah, (laughs) exactly. really not making all of that. And uh, I I still think there's a a little bit of... uh, People need to look at that. They really do. Uh, You know, if there was some way that you could pay a small amount, not look at this, you know, pay $100 a year to come out and read the news. Uh, but if they could make it, you know, hey, today I feel like reading the paper. I'd like to spend a quarter uh, and be able to have a lot of that money just go right on over to uh, whoever the content provider happens to be. That could work. But, you know, nobody's uh, going that direction right now. They want to lock you in for a uh, a year subscription. Your audio is going a little wonky thanks to the Skype God, Steve. So I'm going to drop you from the call and bring you back in. Hopefully that'll clean it up here. Beautiful. <laughs> Gotta love, love, love the we Skype. We love the Skype. The yeah. Skype is our friend. So we're bringing Steve yeah, back I in. Actually, I actually blogged about this. Did you see Hello. that? Oh, he's back. Well, let's test the audio. How do you sound now? Uh, do I sound good? You sound better. It's still a little wonky, but better. we'll live with it. Uh, it's, what were you going to... Go ahead, David. It's, it's interesting what you what you say about that um, about about the newspapers, Steve. I, I remember hearing a, a while back that somebody said that the New York Times um, it would be cheaper for them to take their current subscriber base and buy them all the Kindle, yep, and give them the Kindle and give them their subscription over the Kindle um, than to continue to print the paper and send it to them in the way they do today. Because the kind of the the pricing structure for printing newspapers has gotten so out of whack with reality and and uh, and the way they need to operate, so uh, I, I was, it's it's very interesting that that you know there are new business models that need to be built for printed media in order to 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 allow them to survive. Well, you know, once Apple comes out with the the fabled uh, tablet. It'll save the newspaper industry. That's all. That's what they're waiting for, I think. <laughs> well, you know, that's where Apple could really, uh, you know, kind of jump around everybody else. They've got everything. They they've would... got the infrastructure. They've got iTunes yep. where you can subscribe yeah. and pay for it. They, if they have a device that makes it really easy to read, the iPhone is cool, but let's be honest, it's just not it's, the perfect mechanism. It's just too small. But everything is there, Steve. Yeah. And yeah, I mean, absolutely. They've, you know, if they're going out right now, like, you know, some rumors uh, have actually said that Apple has been approaching a lot of the, the print newspapers right now saying, look, you know, we know you're dying. We want to, you know, get you off of this uh, dead tree stuff here and, and move you over to some sort of wonderful device. But if they can do that and leapfrog, uh, you know, you take a look at the Kindle right now. I think they've got maybe 30 newspapers, that's it. Uh, But if they can get in and get the local papers all across the country and get the uh, the big national, you know, the New York Times type, L.A. Times, you know, uh, get get all the the, uh, foreign papers, it's phenomenal. Uh, And sell them through the iTunes store. A lot of people are saying, you know, the Kindle's already kind of doing that. Why why can't Amazon just kind of take that over? It's because that's a totally different ecosystem everybody everybody has itunes everybody has ipods a lot of people are having iphones now so everyone's used to browsing subscribing buying right through either the iphone or itunes itself 
and it's and it's one stop shopping. Exactly. You know, you don't yeah. have to set up a whole new account somewhere. It's it's right there. It's already built in. And and, uh, and the Amazon devices and all the current e-readers have a serious limitation. They use the e-ink technology, which is just not very good for doing interactive stuff on the web. It's great for reading books. Um, and I love my Sony reader, and I love reading books on it, but I would not want to browse the web on it. But it's a one-trick it's, pony. It does yeah, one the, thing. And no, exactly. you know, it, it, this. Look at the iPhone. I have already eliminated my use of an iPod because it is my iPod. I've eliminated the use of another cell phone because it is my cell phone. It's everything that I want it to be. It's a gaming platform that I play a lot of games on. I read my news on it. I check out CNN videos on it. Uh, I check. It's right there. GPS unit. Yeah, you, there's not much that you can't do with your iPhone, especially once more companies start releasing now that the iPhone 3.0 software is out. And a lot of people forget about this, that you can actually have devices that plug into the iPhone and expand the functionality. You can have a barcode scanner on it now with an actual, not just a camera, but an actual barcode reader. In fact, Apple's going to be using that in the Apple Store soon. Yep. Yeah, I just... Uh... You know, it was funny you were going through that, and for some reason, my brain suddenly shouted out, "It's a floor wax, yeah. and it's a dessert topping." Absolutely, <laughs> yep. Never it mind. just needs a bigger screen. That's all it needs. Yeah, but it, yeah, it, if, but uh, a bigger screen. I don't want that to be my telephone. But if I do have that, I want this device to do a couple different things. This fabled tablet, and everybody has their wish list. But if I'm using the tablet and I don't have my iPhone with me, it would sure be nice if my iPhone could route my calls to the tablet. That would be pretty cool. And the other thing, that it would replace the Apple TV because it would have built-in streaming. You just plug a little dongle into your HDMI port on your computer, and you get 1080 or at least 720 streaming content to your television for, I don't know, movies, music, I don't know, video games. I think it would be awesome. Where can I buy one of those, Tim? <laughs> <laughs> where can I sign up? So well, you could you could also eventually work it out to where you, you it could be used as a remote control. You know, you just have a, a little uh, RF RF transmitter that you plug into the dock connector or whatever, and you can customize your your controls for for all your digital devices. The, you know, there's a just a huge huge application for such a device, and hopefully. If the people at Apple are as smart as we think they are, we're going to get something even better than what we can imagine because the iPhone, obviously, at least for me, was so much more than I ever thought it would be. Yes. Um, yeah. You know, we were talking about an a telephone iPod for a long time before it actually came out. And when it actually came out, it was so much better than I ever imagined it would be. And now, I honestly, if I could take my iPhone with all the content on it right now back to, say, 2005... I would say that it was from 20 years in the future. <laughs> I really would. Uh, we've come a long way. Um, let's get a quick ad in here, Guy. You picked a product from our sponsor, Other World Computing, this week, the Guardian Maximus from Newer Technology. We got yeah, to look at that. It, yeah, it's a hardware RAID. You can have up to uh, you know two two-terabyte drives, and you're, you're totally safe. You know Everything is backed up from one drive to the other very, very quick, very, very fast. And you know what? For if to get just the the enclosure 
$147.99. Yep, and that's bring your own hard drives. But if you want to max it out, you want to get the 72. Well, actually, you can go uh, even, well. You can put you can put uh, 10K RPM drives in it. Yeah, well, those only go up to 300 nice. gigabytes. Yeah. But, yeah, but it's got a quad interface. You can yep. do FireWire 800, 400, USB 2, eSATA. And, you know, it, and it's just, you know, because it's from newer technology, you know that a lot of work has gone into to making it right and making it work. Do you want to get the tricked out one with two two terabyte drives in it? Five forty nine. Yep. Yep. Not a bad 500, price. Five hundred and fifty bucks for for two terabytes of of totally or as close to safe as you can have it in one device. And if you ordered it today, you can have it tomorrow. So thanks to our sponsor, Otherworld Computing. I want one of those myself, but not right now. <laughs> well, we actually we actually saw one taken apart there while we were up there. Yeah, it was they pretty had, cool. They, they had it there on the desk. So if, God forbid, uh, the unofficial Apple weblog closed down, AOL said enough was enough, and they closed down uh, Tuao and, and, uh, and all the sister sites, what would you do? Would you start your own blog? Because, I mean, there's a lot of room out there. For instance, we had a... Jim DeRimple on our show right after Macworld let him go. And I talked to him and I said, have you thought about maybe just starting up your own website at this point? I mean, it's, it's entirely possible. And he did just that. It's called loop insight. Yeah. And it's a wonderful site. Absolutely. He's done a great job. Yeah. He's one of my, you know, for years, you know, I read his, uh, posts in the, or I shouldn't say posts, his articles in the uh, regular Dead Tree magazine. and uh, well, He started you know, with um, uh, Stan at, uh, uh, what, what was it now? I'm just drawing a blank. Um, uh, Mac Minute, or no, not Mac Minute, it was before Mac Minute, um, Mac Central. Yeah. When it was a digital e-zine that you could download. Yeah. And so he's been around for forever, and he's doing a fantastic job on his new website. So is that yeah, something a, that you would be interested in if, like I said, uh, two all went away and if it if it ever did, and you know, God forbid that that ever happened, uh, <laughs> I would I would definitely consider it. You know, would you do an Apple blog or would you do something else? I mean, do you have other interests outside of Apple that you would be interested in writing about? Oh God, yeah. You in see fact, how I did I that? I, I used one question to kind of venture in other territory there. Yeah, and good. I. I, I it's my white, it's my Mike Wallace moment. Yeah, Mike Wallace moment. Now, now he leans back in his chair and looks pensive. Yes, yeah. and, right. and puts with, the with one finger on the yes. in front of his face. You know, I'm actually yeah. reading his autobiography right now. I picked it up for ninety nine cents. <laughs> ninety nine cent, and and it said that it comes free with a DVD with uh, I don't know uh, seventy two hours. No, not that much. Um. A whole bunch of hours uh, on DVD of his most famous interviews. But this was a used book in a second-hand store, so I thought, oh, that's a bummer. I would really have liked to see the DVD, too. So I started reading the book, and it's hardcover, and I happened to look on the inside flap, and the DVD was still in there. It was never open. I went, oh! No, <laughs> so anyways, that never happens. Back to my question. Go. <laughs> Let's see. What was the question? No. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, talking about other interests... Uh, yeah, that's kind of the the fun thing I've been doing uh, lately. I decided to uh, you know kind of restart uh, a personal blog that I had, and I uh, you know I've done this like I said for years. I, I talked about handheld devices. I had this site called Pedantic P D A N T I C dot com, 
uh, for quite a few years and talked about handheld devices, starting with the Newton and then when the Palm Pilot uh, came out and then the, uh, you know, you started seeing the uh, Microsoft devices, the handheld, or whatever they called it, handheld computer, and then the Pocket PC and, you know, all the rest of those. So did that for many years and have always just had this uh, love of handheld devices, uh, actually goes back to childhood when there wasn't such a thing. Mm -hmm. You know, I always thought, you know, wouldn't it be great if you had this power of a computer and you could take it anywhere with you? And it's funny because the iPhone, for me, is the first device that really did that, really uh, kind of met that dream. And that's after, you know, how many years? Uh, you know, 93, we had the uh, uh, Newton come out, you know, through... Uh, whenever it was two years ago, 2007, when the uh, iPhone hit the market, you know, I was always looking out there and searching and saying, it just doesn't do it all. Uh, the iPhone was the first uh, product that really just clicked for me. But uh, yeah, to kind of answer your question without going off down that track again, uh, the, uh, the personal blog has just uh, been kind of fun. I, I've been throwing, of course, some uh, things about tech, not necessarily Apple tech. What's the, the what's the address again? Uh, that's the Daily Steve, or it's DailySteve.com. Take ah. the the off of there. It's just DailySteve.com. And uh, also started doing a little bit of uh, uh, podcasting again. Uh, I had uh, done a Pedantic podcast uh, back when I had Pedantic.com up and running. Uh, also did one on uh, geocaching that was called the... Uh, Good Lord, I can't remember the name of it. <laughs> there was a scary thought. But uh, did that for uh, probably about a year. Uh, fell out of that because uh, one of the best podcasts ever, uh, which is called the Podcaster Podcast, uh, just totally blew me out of the water. Uh, I, I'm sorry, I love what was, what was that called? It's called the Podcaster Podcast. Oh, I thought you said the Podcaster podcast no. Like, oh, i wonder what that's about <laughs> yeah yeah what's what's the topic there guy you know but it's uh that was pretty much all the podcasts at the beginning <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah i'm podcasting about podcasts that's pretty much but, what it uh, was yeah this uh geocaching uh podcast that was out there it's it's still up they do uh i think one uh uh, podcast a week. It's run by uh, a couple named Sonny and Sandy in sunny San Diego. It is one of the best produced. Uh, it's just fun. Yeah, they do a lot with their uh, clients or their clients, their readers uh, to uh, make sure that they get all sorts of excitement in there. And it's just a fun podcast. Uh, I love listening to it. Um, but Anyway, I digress. You know, I kind of went down that path there. But I, I'm trying to get back to that feeling of uh, a short, fun podcast that hopefully people will want to listen to. And it has sometimes nothing to do with tech. And uh, so that's what I'm, where I'm kind of going with the Daily Steve blog and uh, the Daily Steve podcast. Of course, I've got links to those in the show notes. Just go to, if you can't remember, you know, dailysteve.com because it's very complicated. If you can't remember that, go check out show notes for show 265. Before we wrap up here, I do want to make a, a couple observations. Number one, we do have uh, another podcast that Guy and David and I do. It's called The Geekiest Show Ever, 
And as such, we talk about anything and everything that we find interesting. And it's usually very, very geeky stuff. Uh, what was your favorite subjects we've talked about on the Geeky Show ever so far, David? Um, I think some of the, the in-depth movie stuff we've done is probably my favorite shows. You know, when we talked, talked about Harry Potter and Star Wars and that sort of thing, where we really kind of get on the skin of a topic is, is always a lot of fun. I like the, the one that we did with uh, our favorite theme music and stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah, I thought that was fun where we actually played some of the clips. What about you, Guy? I'd have to say the one we did about 60s and 70s toys. Yeah, that was fun, too. Yeah. Oh, Steve's got some of those. Yeah. (laughs) We got Steve on the wrong show. Yeah. Well, I I have a feeling that Steve, I I think, Steve, you and I are of a similar generation. I was born in 60. Okay, yeah, 57 for me, so. uh, Yeah. Dave and I are both born in. Do you remember things like Supercar? Yes. Yeah, okay. We won't go any farther. Let's not turn this into the geeky show. Yeah, because see, what happened, Steve, is David and I were both born in 1970. So we basically gang up on Guy telling him how great the 80s were as a... Yeah. (laughs) From 10 to 20. (laughs) Uh, So that's that's another podcast we do. Check that out. Just go up to iTunes and check out Geekiest Show Ever. I really need to put a link up that on MyMac.com. I don't know why I haven't done that yet. Because we have a really cool album artwork for that show. And... uh, I need to get that up on the podcast on the my Mac website. We also produce Sam's Cool Picks for Sam Levin. You can find a link to that on MyMac.com. And we've got two other podcasts in the works, and we'll let you know, hopefully, when those are released, and uh, you can start listening to them. If you are interested in podcasting, like I said, we are producing other podcasts now. We're not starting up some kind of a network or anything. We're just basically helping people who are uncomfortable of doing all the technical work themselves to get up and running in podcasting will help promote your show. And obviously we'll do that on your show as well. We'll make a little ad. So they know where you came from and who your partners are and that sort of thing. And if we ever start making money on podcasting, we'll share the revenue with you. (laughs) (laughs) That's always kind of a fun thing to be able to do. So if you're interested in podcasting, let me know. Also, let me know if you're interested in coming on the MyMac.com podcast as a listener invite participant. It's a lot of fun. We'll just talk about geeky Mac stuff and get your opinion. You don't have to have top-notch audio quality. I mean, we've had people on the show with a a cheap pair of headphones and using the built-in microphone on their Mac, David. Yep, we have, and, uh, you know, it's all about the conversation and what people have to say, not necessarily about quality or sound quality or, or you know, sounding as professional as, as you can do. We've got um, uh, some shows open, unfortunately none right now in 2009. Uh, in fact, we're bar- booking now into March of 2010, so you definitely have some time to think about it, but let me know soon because the slots do fill up. We record every Thursday. So keep that in mind. And we are recording at 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time with a listener invite. So keep that in mind as well. If I mean, if you're in Australia, it might be a stretch. <laughs> yeah. But well, we did have one guy from Saudi Arabia that came on with us. That's right. So uh, if you're interested, let us know. Feedback at MyMac.com. Uh, Steve, anything you want to plug? What's your uh, Twitter handle? Uh, Twitter handle is Stephen Sandy, S-T-E-V-E-N-S-A-N-D-E. And uh, Guy, you're on Twitter? Yep, Mac Parrot. And David? David B. Cohen. And I am simply my Mac. So thanks for listening to the show this week. Steve, thanks a whole lot for coming on, and we really appreciate it. 
And thank you for having me on. This it, was uh, absolutely a blast. It's fun talking to someone that goes way, way back in Max, and we could talk hey. about very geeky stuff sometimes. Get off my lawn. <laughs> Get off my lawn. Get off my lawn, you damn kids. So for Steve, Guy, and David, I'm Tim, and we'll see you next week. Thanks for downloading and listening to the MyMac.com podcast.